Welcome to the Heart of Rural America podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Radke, an American cattle rancher and motivational speaker, raising my kids and writing children's books in South Dakota. There's a David and Goliath story unfolding in agriculture today. And I don't know about you, but my money is on the underdog, the hardworking folks who value faith, family, freedom, and their farming communities. This show will highlight the untold stories of these resilient and determined families who I have the great pleasure of meeting in my travels across this nation as an agricultural speaker. It is my hope that their stories will remind us to live with great courage because we are not alone in this fight to keep producers on the land and meat, dairy, and eggs on the dinner table. Now let's hit the dusty trail together as we uncover the heart of rural America. Welcome to your show. Here's my mom, Amanda Wacky. It's Amanda Radke back for another episode of the Heart of Rural America podcast, the show where we highlight great people doing inspiring things in rural America. Today's guest, I've been waiting for a long time to catch her off the road and be able to sit down and visit with her. She is a titan in the agricultural industry. She's a speaker. She's a family business consultant. She is an Iowa farmer. She's a wife. She's a mother. She's a Christian. And most of all, she is my dear and treasured friend. So welcome to the show, Jolene Brown. Thank you, Amanda. And you forgot to say you're my sister in my heart. Yes. Worthy missions and we're her to hold each other up as we travel our journeys. Oh, I just love you, Jolene. And and I've had the pleasure of listening to Jolene for years. I mean, even when I was in college, listening to this just woman with a wealth of information and a heart of agriculture. And and now, you know, that I'm a speaker on the road, we've had some really great heart to hearts when we've been speaking at conferences together. And I just, I just cherish all the advice and the wisdom. And and so today I told Jolene, we're going to give my listeners the best of Jolene Brown, because, you know, this show focuses on, on keeping producers on the land and helping them find pathways to profitability and, and be successful in their business pursuits. And one of the challenges or hurdles that we face in having profitable businesses is dealing with the dynamics of the family in the business. And so Jolene, you have a great speech that I've had the pleasure of listening to that's titled Stop the Fighting on the Way to the Funeral Home. That's quite the title. <laughs> everybody, knows, everybody knows what that means because we all know sisters or brothers or the neighbor's kids, they're not talking to each other because we didn't do things when the times are good. And then surprise at the reading of the will, we're neither family nor business when the reading is done. So we've got to do things when the times are good. And certainly that legacy of the land, being able to transition, whether it's to a family member or even non-family members, young and beginning farmers, who knows? We have a chance for this legacy to continue, but it requires work. Mm -hmm. And you and I know, Amanda, we are with so many different types of growers and producers and ranchers and farmers, and they're so good at their production skills. Mm -hmm. You know, they know weeds, seeds, breeds, feeds, money, machinery, marketing, but they're crappy with people. And it's it's the people that do all the production. So I choose to focus on the human side of agriculture. Now, how did you get into this, Jolene? Wow. When the land values crashed in the 80s, our interest rates were 20 and 21%. The land values took our net worth down to 67%. We lost 67% of our net worth. Wow. And down our gravel roads were the words of bankruptcy, foreclosure, suicide, and murder, mm-hmm. including the president of the bank where I bank, who was a friend of ours, was murdered by a farmer. Wow. And so 
I had to work really hard because we too on our farm were hanging on by the fingernails, you know, yes. having to sell things we never thought we'd have to sell, having to take second, third jobs to keep things going. And what I know is I had to help people separate their self-worth from their net worth. I needed to teach them and us how to build an internal bank account when the external one is gone. And so I found myself at a very large event the day after this murder and on the ABC, CBS and NBC were the blood splattered blinds of the president of the bank's office. Agriculture's in trouble. There's no hope. There's no way. So here I am to speak to this group. And I looked out at that audience that morning. There were 2000 there. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they, I know what they're thinking. If it happened to them, it could happen to me. Mm -hmm. And what do we do on the inside to stay strong? So I changed my speech on the, on the dot. I didn't do what I was going to do. And I talked to them about our internal bank account. So when I got done, all the national media flooded me. And that certainly started that era of my speaking, where I just spent a lot of time holding ourselves and each other up. The need to neighbors, kind of like during COVID, when I would say to our, our ag suppliers, still get in your pickup, sit on the end gate, go to the farmhouse or the farmyard, and don't sell a product, but just see how they're doing. Well, yeah. it was the same thing back then. How do we care about the people who care so much? And that was how I got started. That's incredible. And you've had a very long and wonderful career speaking across the country at all different types of groups. Let's talk about some of the pitfalls you've noticed with farm and ranch families as they mm -hmm. run and build their businesses. Well, there's three main things. The first is silence is the greatest destroyer of a family and business. I was working with a family of four of the generation in their 60s. And mom still owned the 3,500 acres and she's in assisted living. And they don't even know if she has a will. They don't even know what she's got planned. And they're, they're, they have built her net worth for years and years and years. Wow. And so they finally said to me, would you go and talk to mom? And I said, does mom want to talk to me? And they said, yes, we've told her we're working with her. She's eager to meet you. Okay. So I stopped in and I listened to her history. What a wonderful, vivacious, memory-wise person. And then during the conversation, she said to me, you know, Jolene, about my will, I'm not going to tell any of my kids because right now they all come to see me. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, the, the challenge is she told me what's in her will. And I said, if this happens, if this comes to fruition, as you have on paper legal right now, you're going to have your kids never talking to each other and the business will have to be sold by auction. If that's what you want, then, then there's no problem. Mm -hmm. If you want something else where you're still of sound mind, there is better options. And then, of course, ethically, I can't go back and tell the next generation what she told me. But I did say to them, I don't like plan A. So if I were in your shoes, I'd get a plan B. And that's wow. all I could say. So silence, hoping and wishing and assuming. I hear this all the time. We all we just all get along. We'll be fine. We love each other. Yeah. And then at the reading of the will, we got a problem. So silence is the first mistake that we make. The second is we presume a conversation is a contract. And I have to tell you and everybody who's listening that farmers lie. They do. <laughs> Here, here's their three biggest lies. Work hard someday. This will all be yours. Or, you know, you know I, I'm going to retire. <laughs> and then there's the dreaded, oh, you don't have to worry about your brothers and sisters. They've got their jobs. They're not interested in the business. Now that's true until you're dead. Mm -hmm. So what I let them know is that if things are not in writing, things do not exist. Mm -hmm. And you and I all know the stories. Yes. We've all heard the songs. Corb Lund has a great one on the S Lazy H. Yes. That talks about the transition that with well, the expectation and then the reality. 
So we have to be very careful to understand that if it's not in writing, it does not exist. And with that, I just want to say you have to have documents that trump a will because wills are changed on a whim. So if you are a structure such as an LLC, FLP, S or C Corp, general partnership, you can have a buy-sell agreement or an exit strategy that trumps a will because that document is a legal contract and contracts stay in effect even at death until the term of the contract is ended. And that's where you write terms for death and disability and divorce. I've got one right now where I'm a poultry farmer in South Carolina. The son has been with them for 11 years, a wonderful young man. I've met him. And he just married somebody who can't stand the smell of chickens. Uh oh. <laughs> and so he wants to leave and he wants for his ownership in the business cash on demand. Oh, wow. But fortunately, we had had a buy sell agreement and he has and that falls under disillusionment. So you don't hold them hostage. They don't have to stay there. Right. But it is the terms of how they're going to exit. So it's a seven year buyout. Okay. Under the family interest rate that is set every year by the government. And the shares of stock in the S Corp have a family discount because it's a closed corporation. So, yes, he will get his money based on the buyout. But had they not had that, there goes their working capital. And there they go back trying to get out another loan to buy out an employee. Then everybody else becomes resentful. I even would have one of the family would start revenge because they would have had it if had it gone through. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is that when you have to have things in writing, if it's a will, just know wills are changed on a whim. Mm-hmm. And so very few things are irrevocable. And I don't not I don't want things irrevocable. So I want the plan B to be so strong that if you told me you want the business to continue, you've got the documents in place so the integrity of the business can continue. The third thing is they have to make an intentional choice. Depending on their answer to the choice depends on whether or not I work with them. Yep, <laughs> they have yep. to decide if they want to be a family first business or a business first family. And you and I know that 90 or 95% of every email, conversation, interaction, phone call that I have comes from people operating as a family first. Don't rock the boat. We don't want to get dad mad. Gosh, I think there's a will. I hope we can continue to farm. We just all get along and we love each other. And they're basing their future on a wish and a hope and an expectation and an assumption. And I found that hope's not a real good strategy. Right. So so if they want to be a family first business, that is okay with me. As long as the business is a hobby, okay. but you cannot count on it for productivity, profitability, peace of mind, nor will they sit together at, at a holiday table. By the way, I had four phone calls again this year, right before Christmas. Do I have to go to my in-laws for Christmas? So, <laughs> so family first causes lots of different emotional dynamics. The Heart of Rural America is presented to you by CK6 Consulting Services. I have the great pleasure of working alongside the CK6 team, including Chris Earle, Wes Tiaman, and Cody Fleeman, and it's an honor to assist cattle producers as they strive to meet their business goals. With a purebred Angus specialization, we have a full slate of auction sales coming up as we work to maximize price discovery and capture true value for our clients and customers. Plus, let us help you identify your next herd sire for the upcoming breeding season. At CK6 Source, you'll find great customer service, fast shipping, and a focus on leading Angus genetics. Learn more about what we do at ck6consulting.com and ck6source.com. We would love to assist you any way we can. God bless.
Working cattle can be stressful at times, but the job is made so much easier with equipment that is safe, strong, and simply designed. I highly recommend Real Tough Livestock Equipment for all your working facility needs. We just installed the Deluxe Chute at Radke Landing Cattle, and it has been an absolute game changer as we run cows through our chute during AI season. It's durable and easy to use, and it's made to last a lifetime. Real Tough offers a wide range of products, including calving barns, panels, loading chutes, tubs, alleys, and portable working systems. Manufactured in the U.S. of A., Real Tough is family-owned and operated. Their commitment to helping farm and ranch families truly exemplifies what this show is all about. Learn more at realtough.com, that's T-U-F-F, and be sure to tell them Amanda sent you to receive an extra bonus with your order. Let's get you some iconic green Real Tough equipment headed your way. I promise you're going to love it. What I try to teach is how to become a business first family. And many people don't like the way that reads, but what it means, it does not demean the family. It does not say the business is more important than you, the family. But what it says is we love and honor you, this family, so very much. We better get the business right. And so they operate as a business so they can still be family. And when we get the template tools in place, and I've got about 10 template tools that I've learned over 30 years that work with family businesses, it helps them make sure that the business is solid, that it's in the right hands, that it's transitioned well, mm -hmm. that we honor the people not in the business. There's so many things we can do, but if you're fighting on the way to the funeral home, it's too late to do that. How do people move forward with all this? Because as I'm hearing you lay it out, and I we've, we're all thinking of stories of people we know or our own selves, of things we've experienced or potential roadblocks that are coming, it's all very overwhelming. And I know you like having a good team that you can rely on, having those good resources. What would you advise people who are just trying to get started? What kind of what kind of professionals do they need on their team and how do they move forward in a productive way? Well, they certainly as they work through this, because we have to be legal and it has to make financial sense. Yep. So money really matters. And so I'll just highlight a bit of that because we have to be very careful that we have the business financially strong first before we bring another generation in. Don't expect them to fix it. And it is not the senior generation's job to make a business big enough that if anybody who wants to farm a rancher gets to come back, the next generation must come with a business plan. They must know what they bring. They must know the cost that it's going to be to the business. There's so many parameters, but where do we start? I'm always looking for the point of pain. Is it that whatever I say doesn't make any difference. As a young farmer said to me, you know, Jolene, I can't do anything right, but I don't even know what I'm supposed to do, but I can't do it right. Mm -hmm. So and that's a family that needs a managing people chart that understands that we need feedback, that we don't have performance reviews, but we have conversations. They're called evaluation conversations. So I'm always looking for the point of pain. And when a mom said to me in Tucson this week, you've been sleeping under my bed, I, I told her it was highly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, so what's keeping you up at night? And her problem is she has put mom in the middle trying to keep peace in the family. And I said to her, you know, that keeping the peace is actually starting the war, right? Yeah. <laughs> because you're, you're not putting the responsibility back on the only people who can make it better. And it's not you. 
Mm-hmm. So then I told her specifically what to do. We, we role played this and how to get her out of the middle and to have her son and her husband understand it is their problem and not hers. And then her ulcer doesn't kick in. So, so you start with the point of pain, but also you have to be smart that if you want to operate as a business, what do good businesses have clarified and in writing? And you don't do them all at once. But if you are a structure, you take a hard look at those articles and bylaws or organizational or operational agreement or partnerships agreement. So you actually understand what it says. And then I'm always looking for, is there goodwill? In other words, do we really want to do this? Do we want to work toward a common goal? Because if you've got people with completely different expectations, they need to be sole proprietors. Okay. But if you're going to work together, we can do that. So I'm looking for a common goal. The next thing I'm looking for, are they willing to help other people succeed in their job? Mm-hmm. Not just my job, but we have the best interest of those in the business at hand. So we're helping each other. And the third is we're going to work through conflict at the mosquito bite level so we don't have the volcanic eruptions and people walking out or fighting at the funeral home. And so meaning like getting ahead of some of these things before they've festered for decades and decades. And then it's just this <laughs> massive blow up of the family and the business and everything in between, I suppose. Right. I have a lot of good businesses who want to become even better or this for the first time they're bringing in third generation. And we've got generations who want to you know, text and tweet and others want to talk and meet. So, so what do we want to do? How do we deal with that? And so it is really not just the desperate people at the end of the rope who help me, I'm going to drown. It is making sure that you do the smart things along the way. And it does not, it's not a dreaded process. Many people go, oh, we got to work on this. We got to do it during the winter. How much is it going to cost? But, But it actually is one that will give you great peace of mind. It will assure the business can continue and bring integrity, hope, and help to the people who are going to continue the business. When you do this, when the times are good, then so many great things can happen. And I must also say, even if no one else in your family business team does this, you do it. Right. You start acting like it. So, for example, here I am, the daughter-in-law, coming into our family farm operation with all these ideas of what we can do to be better. And, of course, one of the things, when having been trained with Peter Drucker in the Managing People Chart, which is an overview of your business on one page, And you laminate it, you put it out in the shop and people circle what needs to be discussed at the monthly management meeting. I put it out in the shop and Keith, my husband had a couple things he wanted to bring up and I did too. Now, pardon my English, but my father-in-law said, what the hell's that all about? (laughs) I said, dad, we really need you. Keith and I are going to sit down here at 10 o'clock on Thursday morning. Here's the two things we really need to think about and work through, but you know better than any of us what the answers ought to be. Would you come? Would you chair that meeting while he was there? That's great. That's great. So you start as you can start. But again, even if no one else does it, you can do it. And for heaven's sakes, if you have had the challenges of being screwed, (laughs) don't do the same thing to your kids. Right. The questions that I get was things are like, you know, um, dad understands that fair is not always equal, but mom believes equal is equal. So if dad dies first, what happens to me? Am I screwed? Or why should I bust my butt just so my brother and sisters can be rich? They're transitioning bloodline only. Or uh, there's so many, the young daughter-in-law upstate New York said, how long do we have to be married before we get to be family? You see, these are the points of pain that need to come out. And there are actually realistic solutions, but you don't walk this journey alone, Amanda. Your business must have key advisors. Yes, It must have a good attorney who does not only do wills and durable powers of attorney, but understands structures 
that understands why you put operations, for example, in an LLC, anything movable, crops, critter, people, machinery in its own LLC, and why the land is in its own entity, and then they're tied together. They also understand that you have a structure so that incrementally people can buy in because you can't buy a whole bunch at once right. or it might be gifted to you or it might be sweat equity compensation. You need a good attorney. You need a very good accountant, not just a tax person, but one who understands the five key ratios of successful businesses. One who says, when you're going to come in and talk for this review, would you bring the next generation with you so they can see what we're talking about? You need a family business consultant, one who's going to make sure you're pulling in the same direction. When, when I come on board, it's what are the mosquito bites? You know, how are you doing? What can we celebrate? It's the idea here that we are in the people business, not just production. And then independently, you do need a certified financial planner. And I have to say that I have learned that the senior generation will never transition power and authority and ownership unless they are financially secure first. Because if they transition it, you're thinking, what happens to me? You want to buy more land? What happens to me? You'll lose everything. What happens to me? Right. And they really shouldn't. I've seen that where like some of these deals come out and it's like it would leave the the original ownership destitute because everything's transitioned and the next generation's great and they're living in poverty. I always say to the senior generation, take care of yourself financially first. Yep. Your kids don't have to start where you are at today. You didn't. Mm -hmm. But and neither can start where you started. And then I have to give them something quite profound. I have to tell them people have to live until they die. Yes. <laughs> so what are they going to live on? How are they going to live? How, what are they provided for their health care? Have they chosen to self-insure if they go into a nursing home or assisted living? Do they have long-term health care insurance? Does it cover it? What are the beneficiaries? There's, these financial planners are probably the most underutilized and most needed advisors that we need in the business team. The Heart of Rural America is presented in part by Lynn's Heritage Angus and Meats by Lynn's. Founded in 1963 as a Chicago neighborhood butcher shop and growing to an international supplier of high quality beef in the white tablecloth space, Meats by Lynn's is a four generation family owned business. The Lynn's Heritage Angus program was developed to allow for greater control of the end product. A focus on using elite Angus genetics while also managing the feed, environment, age, and weight of the cattle, allows Fred Lins and his crew the ability to source the very best beef produced from the heart of their Angus program, meeting and exceeding the needs of their customers worldwide. Discover more at linsheritageangus.com and shop for beef at shoplins.com. Use code AMANDA20 to save 20% on your next beef purchase. That's a pretty sweet deal, my fellow beef lovers. You guys know, as a beef girl, I take grilling very seriously around here. And I've been using Redmond Real Salt for over a decade to season my steaks and burgers. It's unrefined, ancient sea salt exactly as nature made it. It contains 60 plus naturally occurring trace minerals, and it truly brings out the best of the beef we raise at home on the ranch. This American family-owned business also focuses on livestock products. And at Radke Land and Cattle, we are proud to use the beneficial Redmond Real Salt Minerals to get back to the basics and help our cattle improve fertility, immunity, and feed efficiency. It's natural, simple, and effective for people and livestock. Discover more at redmondagriculture.com and redmondlife.com 
and use code RADKEY to save. Or contact a local dealer and mention my name for a special discount. So what would you tell the younger generation? Because I talked to a lot of you know, upcoming, coming straight out of college. They're really eager to get involved in production agriculture. And if that older generation doesn't have a plan, hasn't communicated, how does a young person move forward confidently entering into a family business? What's your best piece of advice as they start, you know, maybe that first decade of their careers in agriculture? Well, I always have to remind We've got the upstarts and the old farts, okay, and everything yep. in between. <laughs> yep. And I always have to remind the young and beginning farmer and rancher, just because you don't own anything doesn't mean you're powerless. But I am going to hold you to account. What do you bring to the business? Does the business even need it? Yes. Or is it a new business plan? Do you need some of their assets to make your business plan to fruition? So we're going to do a contract and exchange labor for, for example, equipment or feed. Mm-hmm. And I have to make sure they understand that they need to work for someone else before they work in a family business with a mom and dad in it because they become a whole lot smarter and parents are not the best teachers. And I know, I know there's, they want to be on that farm. I know that. And I know that they need them on that farm, but there's about 30 lessons you learn when you work for somebody else. And by the way, if you bring home somebody who's been in the military, you better have a really good leader because they did. And if you don't operate this as the leadership type of business, you're going to have mutiny on the bounty. So we have, to, we have to make sure we bring value. The value is needed. We have to know what we cost the business. Mm-hmm. Are we expecting a paycheck, a pickup, fuel? Do we want health insurance? Do we want a place to live? Do we want reduced rent? Do we want a retirement? Because everybody comes with their hand out. But here's the kicker. And I always have to remind every generation, does your cost to the business equal the value that you bring? Because we have overpaid so many people in positions because they're family. Mm-hmm. And that is not a business first family. When we really pay based on value, then we have an, a chance to keep out resentment and revenge and remorse. There's just so many things that we can do when the times are good. So for the rising generation, make sure you are very clear at what you bring and that the business needs it. So they understand the value that you bring. And then please know you're on probation. You know, <laughs> are you kind and courteous and respectful? Do you not just meet the expectation? Do you exceed the expectation? And I had a young farmer coming back to the farm. He'd worked at a co-op for three years. Now he's back on the farm. He is really good at precision ag and technology. And so he's trying to get the older generation up to speed. You know, can't we do this in our planter? He finally said, if I pay for that personally and I put it in your tractor, and if after one planting season, you don't see the value, I will take it back out. But if you do see the value, would the farm reimburse me? And that's exactly what happened. Not only did they reimburse them, they put it in every other implement they had. On the <laughs> because that's the fear of the senior generation. I don't understand it, so I'm not going to invest or buy it. But the younger generation knows it. So understand, younger generation, you also need some peers. You need some a peer groups, some mentors, young and beginning farmer and rancher. You need your commodity groups so that you can actually brainstorm with other people. What do we do well? What keeps us up at night? You know, what are the mosquito bites? And here's something I'm working on. What do you think about that? That they begin to have feedback as well. Now, if I can get the senior generation two things, they will transition. If I can get them financially independent and if they can still feel worthwhile, don't kick a farmer or rancher or grower off the land. That is their soul. But what is it they can still safely do? Because those of us in the rising generation, we need somebody with grit somebody who's been tested, somebody who will say to us, that's a great idea. How are you managing your risk? 
Because what I know, there's a triangle that I teach and the bottom is labor. Come in, do all the dirt work, yep. <laughs> long hours, scoop, poop, crap, you know, okay. And then you move up to management. Maybe you're really good at animal nutrition or herd health or machinery or mechanics or agronomy. So you're in charge of that. Then you begin to learn how to lead because you have to communicate with owners. You have to make sure there's money for it. You got to make sure it fits in with the other goals. And then I always have to remind the senior generation at, but at the pinnacle of your career, you get to become labor again. <laughs> you worked so hard. You said to somebody, come follow me, labor, labor, labor. Oh, that's good. Management, management. And now I get to follow you. Yeah. But they are not kicked off the farm. They become the wise master. The two things I have to help many family businesses do is this rising generation must learn how to lead. The senior generation must learn how to leave. And when we do that with the best intent, still being needed, appreciated and worthwhile, that we can bring new ideas and take risks knowing that we mitigated them, then we begin to transition, not just the hard assets. That's the last thing you transition. You first must transition your education. And by the way, when you have gotten an education and you come to the ranch, you get to bring more education. The education is this is what we do here. Then you must transition the experience. This is how we do it here. But gosh, you got a better way. How else might we do it? And then you get to transition the hard assets. My problem is, and you know, Amanda, people want to go right to the attorney. Let's get those hard assets transitioned. Yep. We haven't transitioned the first two. And then we begin to see the fission and the breakups of the family business. Mm -hmm. Well, Jolene, as you speak, I just keep thinking this is going to be the most pinned and listened to episode I've done so far. I'm personally going to have to listen to it like 10 times over because uh, you truly, like I said, have this wealth of information. If folks go to visit your website at JoleneBrown.com, they can read your books. You have titles like, holy crap, I married a farmer and the mm -hmm. top 10 mistakes that break up a family business. And then sometimes you need more than a two by four. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that two by four, because I imagine when you go to do your consulting with the family businesses. Uh, tell everybody what you bring with you, the tools in your toolbox. Funny. First of all, I'm lucky if I can get them in the same house. That's a good thing. But I've done a lot of pre-work before I ever show up. On the table in front of me and the people will be at the table as well. Oh, the first thing I do, you know, when they all sit down, I make them stand up and take one chair to the left. And now we got the daughter-in-law sitting in dad's chair. They become very nervous. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, I, and I say, you know, you brought me here because things needed to change. And we're practicing. You did that really well. So lots begin. And wow. my tools, the first thing that I bring is a mirror. That's so not, they need to look at themselves because most of them invite me. So I will fix somebody else. Mm -hmm. you know, if dad would give up control, if mom would say what's on her mind, if those kids just had a work ethic, well, if he hadn't married her, we'd be okay. You know, fix them and we'll be fine. The mirror is there for two reasons. I start with the people at the table and where they are at today. What has happened in many of these family businesses is not fair. It's not right. And you and I know sometimes the only thing we can do is hold a heart. When things have gotten so desperate, that's the only thing there. So I hope that the mirror to reality, this is our starting point. And then I bring a box of tissues because there's always emotion. There's anger and fear. There's worry. There's tears. And when emotion and logic collide, emotion wins. So we've got to deal with the emotion emotion to get to the logic of things we need to do. And then I bring the duct tape, not just so they'll listen. But, you know, sometimes I need to tape them to their chair because there's going to be somebody in that business go, by golly, this is how it's going to be. Wants to say his or her piece and walk out the door. Yep. And there's somebody else at the table going, oh, this is getting hard. I, I'm going to go get some coffee and cookies. I'll come back in just a little bit. Nope, you got to stay there. 
And then I have to bring the two by four because sometimes there's no other way. You just got to let them have it. And those are my consulting tools. I love it. You know, I'm I'm sure folks can tell. And it's just very evident to me as I hear you speak. Like there is a reason you are in the Speaker Hall of Fame. There is a reason you're a highly decorated speaker. But it's it's that heart you bring to it more than the expertise and the knowledge and the wisdom and experience. You have a heart for agriculture families. What keeps you on the road, keeps you motivated? I mean, you've been on the road for decades doing this 30, work. 30 some years, Amanda. I've been doing wow. this and I'm wow. so blessed that people still call. They have me come back again and again. They bring me to other groups and, and the heart is what you have too. We have to protect our hearts a little bit because sometimes the load gets quite heavy. And And I remember coming home and just, oh, I just had family after family after family. And my husband said to me, you got 20 minutes to dump and let's get to work. <laughs> I dumped for 20 minutes and then I got to work. <laughs> well, as we've discussed many times, that's why we call each other because we do have a heart for these people we meet on the road. And sometimes you're bringing all of that home with you. And it's like, you got to have that fast transition back to, oh yeah, I'm a farmer. I'm a rancher. We've got stuff to yeah. do here at home. So and when people call you and I know that the first thing we're checking for is suicide and mental health. Mm-hmm. I had a call right after Thanksgiving and it was a farmer, 62. His father died the before Thanksgiving. And since everybody was home for Thanksgiving, they had the funeral the day after and the reading of the will. He said to me, Jolene, I always thought my father's word was good. I just found out it wasn't. Heartbreaking. And when it's legally done, I'm holding his heart. He has to grieve. He has to be angry. He has to, he has to go through all the whole thing before we can get to counting what's left and not what he lost. Yep. So you and I check for that first. And then the other thing is I love to bring in the lessons I've learned from other people. I love to bring in the humor and the joy. We're yes. so blessed to do what we do what we do. And we work with the best people on the planet. That is the people of agriculture. Yes. And, and when we come with that intent, when we can laugh and relate, then they will learn and apply. And that is my whole mission <laughs> when I speak. We've, we've got to laugh. We've got to relate so that they will actually take something home with them because I don't come for show. I come because I want them to do something with what they gained. And then they will apply it to their situation. And then we have to be available for their questions along the way. We just work with the best people. And gosh, aren't we blessed to do this? And I have for over 30 years. It's such a blessing. And, you know, my favorite speakers on the road are the ones with true skin in the game that mm-hmm. live this life, that understand the risk and the blood, sweat and tears and the multiple generations. And you live it, Jolene. Like you are the real deal. This isn't just like philosophy for you. So tell me about the farm in Iowa. How do you and your husband, as you would say, harvest the humor and celebrate the victories? Like, how do you do that? Some days better than others. Let me put it that way. (laughs) And if they get my book, Holy Crap, I Married a Farmer, they'll see the stories behind it. Because I have said things, I will help. But if you yell, I will quit. And if he ever says to me, I can do it better, I let him. You know, you learn things along the way. (laughs) Faith is at the root of my being. I am never walking this alone. Sometimes I have no idea where this journey has taken me, but God knows. (laughs) And, And so I'm out there for that. And my values are very clear. First is my faith. Then is my family. Then is my speaking. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when we can do things in that manner, because my husband gave me a gift many, many years ago, we've had our 50th anniversary, so I'm not starting over. I'm still training him. (laughs) But he said, he's never said to me, you cannot do what God gave you the talent to do. But his next thing is, tell me again, what are your priorities? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Our husbands are very much alike in that way. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we work hard, don't we? We work hard on the farm. Yep. Uh, during planting and harvest, I don't take speeches or I wouldn't be married. It's just the two of us that do the labor on a corn and soybean farm. We no longer have animals. I just told a group, I said, you know, I have studied and so have you done a lot of things with, with artificial intelligence. But in agriculture, we think AI is artificial insemination. I said, you know, you cannot use those words anymore. Right. <laughs> so it's like we cannot talk about the Bureau of Management, Land Management. It's Black Lives Matter. Right. We have to understand the environment in which we live. We have to understand in blockchain why agriculture must be at the root of the first block or everybody else is going to set the parameters of what we can do in agriculture. So you and I spend a lot of time on our own farms, making sure we can keep it going. Because you and I do what's called off-farm income, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> the minute that last wagon is over the scales, he says to me, don't you have to be somewhere? Yep. <laughs> or I think I've told you this privately, but it got to be a theme where Tyler would spend my speech check before I even got <laughs> home. And one time he bought a skid loader five minutes before I walked on stage and I started crying. I was like, this was supposed to be for buying hay or whatever. But yes, it's like, it's, it's a twofold thing. I know for both of us, it's mm -hmm. it's supporting the family farm back at home, but it's supporting the people we love in agriculture out in the in, in the countryside. It's a beautiful life we get to live. It's unique, Jolene. And you, I mean, I, I just always think I'm standing on the shoulder of a giant that has paved the way for so many to follow. And you are just one incredible woman and just a powerhouse. And if folks ever have the blessing of not only just getting to hear you speak on the road, but the true value is if you can sneak Jolene aside and talk to her and get that heart to heart, that one-on-one -on -one after her presentation. She's going to leave you with just a glimmer of like a nugget of wisdom you can bring home or that uplifting moment where you think, man, I can straighten up my shoulders. I can square up to the challenge and I can do this because Jolene's seen it all and she believes I can do this. I mean, to me, that is the greatest gift you give your audiences is just your true heart and soul and you care. And so I just want to, on behalf of the millions probably of people who have heard you speak and seen you on a stage or been blessed to have you as a consultant in their life, I just want to thank you for everything you've done for agriculture. I mean, you're just, I'm just gushing now, but you are truly a treasure. <laughs> thank you. And when you were mentioning how we support our families, how we support the people, Amanda, you have not only my support, I'm cheering you on because just as you say you might learn from me, I learned so much from you. And just to have this camaraderie of a common mission to be able to dump when we need to dump, to cheer each other on, to say, did you know? Yep. That, that is a very special gift to me. And the people who hear you, the people who understand your roots that are so deep, that let you soar so high with a lot of work along the way, they're all so blessed. And aren't we just, we're just so grateful to be where we're at. If you guys could see us, we're both just cheesing right now, because as you can tell, this is a dear friendship that that is mutual and shared. And, and that would be probably my last piece of advice as we close out this episode. Jolene's going to have to come back because this was just not enough time. But find your people, find that network of friends and peers and mentors that will cheer for you, that will hold your hand, that will listen to your tears, and that will remind you of the grit and determination that you have to keep going. That's that's what makes the heart of rural America great. That's what makes us special in this agriculture community that we love. And, and Jolene Brown is a true example of exactly that. So thank you so much, Jolene, for coming on the show. And God bless you and safe travels on the speaking circuit this winter. 
and I hope we meet along the way. Keep the phone ringing. Call me when those are the long drives. I'll do the same for you. <laughs> oh, God we have much you. to share with each other, but we have much to share with the world of agriculture. Thanks for having me on board. Absolutely. Go check her out at JoleneBrown.com and we'll see you on the dusty trail, Jolene. While I've got you here, I would love to invite you to check out my website, amandaradke.com. Each week, I share my column, this podcast, and new items to shop for farm and ranch families, including my children's books that celebrate agriculture. Use code DUSTYTRAIL to save 15% on your next purchase. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting my small business and for your continued support in keeping me on the road fighting for farm and ranch families. I'm thankful to each and every one of you who tune into this show each week. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so be sure to subscribe, share, and leave a review to let me know how you're liking the content and our guests. Until the next time we meet on the Dusty Trail, I'm Amanda Radke, and this is The Heart of Rural America.